Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and that means that it, the 4th of July weekend is here. I think everybody loves the 4th of July. It's a great American holiday. And we won't be doing the live show on Monday, just so you know. It, you know, it's the 4th. The markets will be closed. But we have prepared a fresh uh, compilation of the Best of Caller Questions show. So we will be here. There will be a show. So if you tune in, I think you will be pleased. I'm Steve Pease, and I look forward to doing this podcast. Every time I do it, Justin Klein and I switch off. And I'm always careful to give you straight and unbiased answers. And I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to push anything. I keep saying that, but it's true. I don't. We don't. It's your question to drive the direction of the show. You know, so, so whatever questions you bring up is where we'll go. And it will be my goal, and it has been my goal, to try to educate you on the current environment that we're in. I understand. I know you know You know, we're in an interest rate rising environment because the Fed's raising the rates, and we have lots of re, uh, inflation right now. I know that. But I'm talking about more of the stock market environment. What does that mean? What do those things mean for our stock market environment? What should we do? Uh, what what stocks will work? What won't work? What sector should you be in or should you be concentrating on? So those those kinds of questions. So, and I can say for sure, it's way different than it was. It's way different. So we have to learn to deal with that. But let's go ahead and get right to our first question, uh, caller. Here it is right now. Hey, uh, Steve and Justin. This is Adam from Texas. I was calling about Roku to see what you thought as a uh, possible short for that. The ticker symbol is R-O-K-U. Looking forward to the answer on the show. Thanks again. Bye. Okay, Roku Roku Inc. uh, develops streaming entertainment devices for delivering entertainment to the television. They don't make money. They're not going to make money this year. They're not going to make money next year. 
they're going to lose a dollar sixty four a share this year. Last year, they actually made money for the first time, two thousand twenty one, in since their existence. Okay, but this year they're going to lose a dollar sixty four, and next year sixty four cents a share. They're still growing sales. And so it's a growth company. So you want to short it now that it's moved from from over $400 down to 83 I do think you're a bit late on the short side. Um, it, it, it's not making money, so what's the stock worth? You know, I, I would say it's not worth much, but I can't tell you because we can't use any kind of multiples to tell us what it's worth. Um, so I'm thinking, though, so I'm looking at a chart. And I'm thinking what well, looks like is trying to find support around the low 70s. And here it is, 83.91. So I, I don't think I would short it. I, I don't, because, th- you know, it's it's too late. I mean, uh, a short would have been great around 300 because it broke support and just kept going down. And now it's find, found support again. So could it go to a lower? Of course it could, because it has no earnings. But it does have pretty darn good sell growth, 30% sales growth. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't short it at this late stage. I just wouldn't. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headline, the economy probably just plunged into a recession. The Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta GDP Now Tracker is predicting that second quarter GDP will now contract 1%. Now, I've been talking about this for a number of weeks, that they've been downgrading the growth prospects of the second quarter GDP. And just, what was it, day before yesterday, I said, you know, it's probably going to be flat because we have people, you know, experts saying it's going to be flat to a positive 3%, but I felt that that's not, that, that 3% is way out there. Is it going to be below flat? And all the estimates are coming in more and downgrading, downgrading. These are from all the experts, downgrading, downgrading. And if we have a negative GDP in the second quarter, that means we're in recession. So we're going to talk about that. That's going to be one of our big talkings. We'll talk about more than I just talked about it, okay? Also, there will be no trivia question today because I use the time to share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. And that's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So how did the market do today? We had a pretty good market today. The Dow was up 322, the Nasdaq up 99, and the S&P up 40. It was negative in the morning, and it makes for a negative week. We still are down for the week, and we had a positive week last week, and this week kind of returned to the downward movement of the market and we're we're definitely in a bear market. The S&P is down a little over 20%. And that's kind of the definition of the bear market. Of course the tech stocks are well 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 over down more than 30%. So they're much worse off. Um so yeah, we're in a bear market. I think we all just got to have to live with it. Okay? Now the, I also want to talk about the Goldman Sachs, um, uh, again, says inflation and interest rates picture has not changed. So what does that mean? Uh, they're pretty cautious. Also, supply, uh, supply chain improvements. We'll discuss that a little bit. And the Dow Jones' worst first half 
of a year since 1962, because we just ended yesterday, right? Worst first half of the year since 1962. The S&P, 52 years. Worst year, first half of the year in 52 years. What does that mean? After the, every time it's done that, the first six months of a year, what do the second six months do? And there's been one, two, three, four, five times that that has happened. What has the second half of the year brought when the first half of the year is like the worst? You'll find this interesting, I think. Those we're going to talk about, everybody. Of course, you come first. Whatever you think is the most interesting for you, that's what we're going to discuss. This is the best talk. I'm, and if you never call, why not do it now? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, you will get on the air. I, I'm curious to hear your questions. Our phone lines are always open, never closed. 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. All right, Stephen Justin, my name is Rick. I'm a longtime listener and a first time caller. Uh, very impressed with all the information and knowledge that you share on the show. I have a question about the stock called Rio Tinto. Stock ticker symbol is RIO. It looks to be decently priced with a pretty good uh, low forward PE and a very healthy dividend. It also seems like the dividend seems pretty safe, though I'm not sure about what future prospects for this sector might look like. But in this scenario and in this investing environment, what do you think about taking a position in the stock? And I'm thinking of holding it in my Roth IRA, specifically for the dividend and you know a little bit of growth that might come with it. So thank you for all that you do, and would uh, love to hear your answer on the show. Thank you. Okay, Rio Tinto, symbol RIO, UK-based company with global interest in mining, metals, and industrial minerals. I like that sector. You know I do. Uh, we've been talking about this sector for well over a year. Uh, that you know, mining metals ores where you probably should have a, a little more exposure to. Um, they are a big company, ninety-seven billion dollars in market cap, so they're huge. 
Uh, their dividend is 13.2%. Now, it might be difficult to maintain that, but they're going to make $11.28 this year, down from $13 last year. And next year, they're only going to make $8.86. But the stock is a $59 stock. So even based on next year's earnings, the PE is what, 6 7 Okay, so, but they don't have a high P.E. range. They haven't had a high P.E. range in a long time. Their range is only four to nine. Okay, so, you know, I think the stock is underpriced. Um, I don't think it's severely underpriced, but it's underpriced. I think they will always pay a pretty healthy dividend. Management owns very little of the stock. And mutual funds are holding steady. They haven't bought more or sold more. They're just holding steady. So not too much debt. Sales are growing about 20% or so each quarter for the last couple of quarters. So um, we'll see. I think it is at a good price. And if you're buying it for the long term, the dividend will be pretty steady and pretty high. Though I would, I would agree with that. Let's go to, hey, let's go to Bill in Oregon. How you doing, Bill? Uh, Steve, uh, doing good. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Steve, I wanted to ask you about that Broadcom is a holding I have in a diversified account. Uh, I've had it for a while, and I was looking to add to my position. I have it for growth and income, uh, and it's taken a pretty good haircut so far this year, and I wanted to get your opinion on an entry point to maybe buy some more shares. Okay, this is Broadcom, everybody, designer of analog ICSs for telecom, industrial, automotive, and computer markets, tech company, $192 billion, huge. Um, uh, they're growing about 16 to 25% sales growth the last, few, what, four or five quarters. Um, they're going to make $37.09 this year, up 30% from last year, and then $40 next year, up another 9%. Pay a 3.4% dividend. Management owns 1%. Um, they have more debt than I'm comfortable with. Not sure why. Um, mutual funds have been buyers the last uh, year or so, but um, I'm a little concerned because it's a growth stock in an environment that doesn't favor growth stocks. So I think it's going to come down a little bit. I think it's going to come down more. I think it's going to give up more. And uh, it has lots of support right around $420. It's $477 now. I think I'd be patient on this because I don't think it's done falling. Let it, let it, let it find support. Let it find support. And again, um, I'm thinking around 420, 400 to 420 dollars is where it's going to be. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. That was AVGO was the symbol for Broadcom, believe it or not. It seems weird to have that symbol. <laughs> AVGO for Broadcom, Broadcom Inc. But we have it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So you will have portfolio questions. I'm sure you do. So give me a call. We'll talk about it. 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go to uh, Redwood City and talk to Jay. Hi, Jay. 
Good afternoon, Steve. Hope all is well. It is. Um, Thank you for the call. Great, great. I had a question in regards to a stock I was lucky enough to buy uh, about a year and a half ago when oil prices were low, OXI.WS. And so I wasn't sure about the WS and wasn't sure about, you know, when is that time to keep it or keep rolling with this, if you can get some advice from you. Is this OXY or OXI? OXY. Okay, the, WS. I'm not sure what the W is. It sounds like warrants. OXY warrants. Yes. Occidental yes. Petroleum. And so it's warrants, right? That gives you the right to yes. buy the stock. A warrant gives you the right to buy the stock. What are the warrants strike price? Do you know? Yeah, about $4.35, something like that. Okay, so when you exercise those warrants... You know, uh, the stock is selling for $60.44, as you've made a lot of money, right? Yes. So, I will say this. We talked about Occidental Petroleum a few days ago, gauging exploration and production of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. And what we talked about, what I mentioned was, Warren Buffett spent another hundreds and hundreds of millions of more dollars recently and bought more Occidental Petroleum. He already had a big position. He bought more. So I wouldn't be anxious to get out of it if I were you. Uh, I, I wouldn't be anxious to to uh, take my profits yet, but it wouldn't hurt to take some of them off the table. Remember, you got if is it in a taxable account or a non-taxable account? Your warrants. Uh, it's, a, it's a Roth, non-taxable. Oh, yeah. Non-taxable. Yay. Yeah. Okay, so you can take some profits and not have to worry about paying paying about paying capital gains tax. So you might want to exercise a few just so you can pocket some profits. I, I, I there's you know they have an old saying. There's three types of people in the market. There's bears, there's bulls, and there are pigs. And the pigs get slaughtered. So don't be too greedy. You made a huge profit. Takes I I would take a little bit off the top here. Just um, just because. Now, on the other Got hand, it. I think... So in, I th- in essence, when I... I'm sorry. In essence, when I exercise the sale, automatically goes to the price of the strike, right? I don't have to do yeah. anything fancy. Yes. You'll, you'll get to buy the stock at $4 and whatever cents. <laughs> right? So, and the stock is Got selling it. today at 60 So you can turn around and sell the stock, and you've made the difference, mm-hmm. $56 a share. So I'm I'm saying I still like it. I think you should keep it, but it wouldn't hurt to take some of it off, some profits, a little bit yeah. of profits. So okay, go ahead, exercise, and perhaps keep some. Yep. Got it. Yep. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Paul in San Francisco. Want to talk about the market? Hi, Paul. Paul, are you there? Did we okay, lose yeah. Paul? Uh, you, Hi, Paul. You recommend against market timing. I'm not sure what it really is. I have a vague idea of what it is. Well, I, I'd like to know some more details about what it is. And some analysts are arguing in favor of it. Of course. Yeah, there's there there's timers out there. There are market timers, and they'll swear on a stack of Bibles that they can time the market and, and, and will win. The worst thing that can happen for a beginner investor is for them to be right when they time the market the first time. Because you, it is a losing proposition. What is a market timer? A market timer tries to guess at the bottoms and the tops of the market. They try to time 
the market. I'll get in here. I'll get out there. It's 100% accurate when you look in hindsight. But we don't invest in hindsight. We look forward. You have to invest looking forward. Is this a great time to be in the market or out of the market? Most people, most market timers say, oh, you got to be out. But they don't know where the bottom is. 2008, the market lost 50-something percent off its value. Within one year, it gained it all back. You should have bought the market in March of 2009. That was the bottom. But no one knows. There's no bell at the top or at the bottom. Trust me in this, Paul. You can try it, but it doesn't work long term. Doesn't. Doesn't mean you can't adjust your portfolio or rebalance it or pocket and produce some cash. It means don't get out completely and then try to get back in completely and think you're going to be able to do that on any consistent basis. The market has an upside bias of 8 to 10% per year for the last 120, 130, 50 years. I don't know exactly how many, but over 100 years. So you want to stay with the market generally. Paul, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And then you will find all kinds of publications and charting programs and all kinds of things that says you can, you can time the market. And they always look back and tell you, see, if you would have got here and these were the signals, then got in here, got out here. See, these are the signals you look for. And they'll all sound really good. Doesn't work. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant is, ne- is a never-ending process. You have to keep vigilant. So we'll take portfolio questions right now. I'm ready to help you. 888-99-CHARTER is our live number. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's an Invest Talk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 My focus point today is all about the economy probably just plunged into a recession. The Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta GDP Now tracker is predicting that the second quarter GDP will contract by 1%. Now, I'm just going to remind you that the Federal Reserve is wrong so often. Think about it. Think about it. They are raising rates. They raised rates by 0.75% the last meeting. They said they're going to raise rates again by 0.75, or they've hinted at it strongly, let's say it that way. Again, this coming up meeting. And at the same time, now they're, they, they're, their GDP tracker, the Fed's GDP tracker, saying we're going to shrink by 1% GDP in the second quarter after already shrinking 2% in the first quarter. We're in a recession. We're in a recession, and the Federal Reserve is raising rates. And raising rates pushes you into a recession. So they're going to keep raising rates, push us deeper into recession? Is that what their goal is? This kind of, it's just typical. They, they, I, the Fed is very reactive, not proactive. Reactive means they're going to start lowering rates. They'll probably start lowering rates what? I think the, the odds now, I've seen some, some websites saying that by first quarter of next year, we'll be, they'll, be, they'll be lowering rates. Uh, they might lower rates sooner than that. And if you want my, my opinion, which is what I have this show for, uh, I think they should stop raising rates or no more than a quarter point, not this next meeting, but maybe the meeting after, depending on how the economy does. You know, they of course they're saying, "Well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta defeat inflation, right?" That's their argument. I gotta defeat inflation. Okay, we do. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't think the Fed, <laughs> I don't think the Fed is going to be the champion to defeat inflation. I think we've already seen oil prices peak. They're, you know, what, $125 a barrel. Now that's 107 or 8 We've already seen them peak, and there was a big driver of inflation, that huge rise of oil. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying oil's going to go down much further. I don't, I, I, yeah, I may not, because there's a supply problem. 
Okay, but I think we've seen the most recent peak, and I think we're going to see inflation numbers start to go down. Now, the PCE number uh, didn't fall on the overall number, but the core PCE number did fall a couple of ticks, meaning that's a inflation gauge that the Fed likes to track. So I think inflation is already starting to fall. Now, I think... Don't, 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 again, I don't want you to put words in my mouth. I think inflation is here to stay at a higher le- rate than we've had a few years ago. We're not going to go back to 2%, 2.5%, 3% inflation anytime soon. I think it's going to be elevated. But as far as peaking, I think it's peaked. That means what? We had 8.6% inflation on the C- CPI number? I think that's the high. And I think. We're going to see some weakness. And part of the reason is, is because I'm looking at a bunch of data points, right? I mean, I'm not just trying to make this stuff up. I'm looking at data points that tell me this, okay? So this is Vestock, everybody. Justin, I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about us. Now, let's play another caller question. Hi, Justin and Steve. I'm Georgie, New Jersey. What are your views on SoFi Industries, ticker symbol SOFI? I'm looking to invest very long-term in the online financial industry. SoFi has taken a big beating in the recent market downturn, but its growth looks good and it's showing profitability. I'd enjoy hearing your views. Thank you for your educational and informative show. Well, my estimates that I'm seeing don't show profits yet. They're They're... In 2020, they lost $2.55 a share. 2021, they lost a dollar share. This year, they're going to lose 46 cents a share. And next year, I have them losing 20 cents a share. So it's all going in the right direction. It's a $4.9 billion company, SoFi Technologies, S-O-F-I is the symbol, operates as a fintech company that enables customers to meet uh, financial independence to realize their ambitions. It's a $5.41 stock. Sales growth is still very strong, 53% in the most recent quarter. Okay, before that's 35, 22, 64, 80. Lots of growth, okay? Lots of growth. But I I don't, it's at $5.41, but it doesn't make any money. So is it finding support at $5.41? I, I, I can tell you that it looks like about 480 is, you know, it's support area. So, um, again, this is a growth stock in an environment where growth stocks are not favored, right? So, as interest rates are rising. So, it's difficult for me to recommend a growth stock that doesn't make any money. I don't do that. You know I don't. Just not my preference. got to make money. I like companies that make money. I buy companies that make money. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed tomorrow to subscribers, tomorrow morning. Uh, in the market condition section, remember, there's four sections. The first section is the market conditions sec- section, and I explained that the first corner final revision of GDP was reported this week. The economy shrank 1.6% instead of the 1.5% reported previously. The main takeaway was that consumer spending was weaker than when it was first reported. The estimates for the second quarter is from flat to 3% growth. 
I suspect it will be closer to being flat. The numbers will be released in the next few weeks. As a reminder, two quarters in a row of shrinking GDP is the definition of recession. Meanwhile, earlier in the week, durable goods orders report for May came in much stronger than expected at 0.7% growth. The expectation was for it to be a 0.2% great growth, down from 0.4% the month before. Also, core capital goods rose 0.5%, up from 0.3% the month before. Pending home sales for May rose sharply, rose sharply, seven-tenths of percent, with expectations for it to shrink by four-tenths of percent. So, also the Case-Shiller Home Price Index year-over-year stayed strong at 20.4% rise from 20.6%. The problem with that report is it's old. It's April. I mean, it's old. So, we know May, yeah. May and June, the numbers are going to be way different. They really are. You know, the, we'll start reflecting, I even say this in the newsletter, we'll start reflecting the 6% 30-year mortgage rate, and that will translate into softer prices. We've already seen a lot more downgrades in offering prices from sellers. Right? We've seen it a lot. So we know that it's turning from a seller's market to a buyer market, buyer's market. I don't know if we're there yet, but we're, it's turning. In the stocks ideas section, uh, one company produces semiconductors for wireless handsets and other devices that are used to enable wireless connectivity. As more and more devices become connected to the Internet via cellular networks, this company may continue to find new industries that may require additional RF chip content. And this company has a P.E. of 9 and a dividend of 2.5%. P.E. means you have an E. That means you have earnings. And it's 9 for a growth company. So don't think I'm not recommending growth companies. They just got to have great value. I don't want, I want you to buy them when they make money. Another one, a global supplier of centers for transportation and industrial applications. Earnings are expected to remain strong over the next few years due to robust Electric vehicle sales, the stock pays a modest 1.1% dividend, but trades at a low of 12 PE multiple. Of course, I name names in the newsletter, right? So, you know who they are if you get the newsletter. I've given you a sample tease of the latest KPP premium newsletter. Subscribers receive the full edition via email each Saturday, every week. And they also get the portfolio and consumer watch sections Always comes with it. There's always four sections. Learn more and subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. You probably heard us mention that we have InvestTalk listeners across America and around the world. We will demonstrate the next with a question that came in earlier from Denmark. Hello, InvestTalk. Yannick from Denmark here. A question about car stocks and this stock GM, General Motors. Berkshire Hathaway owns this stock and has done so since, I think, 2012. And you mentioned that Tesla might uh, lose a considerable share of the of the market space. So I was wondering about General Motors and why Warren Buffett owns this stock, because the return on equity is quite low. However, the book value is uh, below one now, so it's like buying uh, $1 for, for $0.90. Cents. Could it be profitable to own GM? Thank you. Bye. So, did I hear my General Motors? He wants to talk about General Motors. That's what I heard. 
Uh, General Motors symbol GM. Remember, but General Motors, just for your for history, uh, it filed bankruptcy in 2008, or was it 2009? Way back then, filed for bankruptcy. So it wiped out all shareholders, just so you know. Of course, GM manufactures automobiles sold under the Chevrolet, Cadillac, GM, Buick, and other brands worldwide. Uh, they make money. Uh, they've made money for a number of years now. Uh, they're going to make $6.99 this year. They made $7.07 a share last year. Next year, it's supposed to be $6.66 a share. And it's a $32 stock. So the PE range has always been fairly low, 4 to 17. Automobile companies usually have, except for Tesla, usually have low PE ratios. They have lots of debt still. And that always bothers me with auto companies. I don't, I don't like auto companies in general. I don't like airline companies in general because uh, I don't like the debt that they always seem to carry. And they have lots of, uh, lots of unions involved and tough to, tough to continually – it's just a tough industry, both airlines and autom- automobiles makers. Um, uh, so, and they, they're usually high debt companies. So, do I like it? No, I don't like GM. I think though the price is, it was got up as high as sixty or so. Now here at thirty two dollars, that was a cut in half. Uh, this might be where it's finding support, but I think you need to be patient. I'm not sure it's done. Um, I think because investors have have. It's priced in a recession. I think they have priced in a recession in our market. But I think that they priced in a very shallow recession. And maybe we will get that. And maybe they're right. But maybe the recession could be deeper than what we expected. And we might have further to go on the downside. And sales are starting. Remember, automobile companies are very cyclical. And we're moving into a recession. So generally speaking, uh, it's not a time. When we're deep in the recession, maybe that. I don't know if we're deep into the recession yet, though. And, you know, that's a very hard thing to know. You just don't know. You don't, there's no signal. There's no, well, look at this and look at that, and that tells you how deep we are. No. There's, there's no bell at the top or the bottom about the market. We don't tell us that. And there's no bell at the top or the bottom about a recession. So I don't, yeah, I can tell you that we're moving in a direction. I can tell you that we, market has given up 20 plus uh, overall, 30% in the tax, and that's a pretty stiff uh, recession, but the average recession is 33% down for the overall market. It's only down 21 or so. So we got, what, 10 more percent to go maybe if we do average. We don't have to do average. You see, so it's never, it's never easy, everybody. There is no... You know, if anybody tells you that they have the answers for these things, they don't have the answers. They might have an educated guess. They may have good, good, uh, solid evidence that backs up their educated guess, but it's still a guess. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go to a talking point that I wanted to get to. Um, The supply chain improvements. Inside the United States, we have improved our supply chain quite quite well. How do you know that? How do I know that? You can know that by the delivery times of goods when they're ordered by companies and when or by people and when they're delivered. 
and those times had dramatically improved in the Northeast. Okay? They, the, the delivery times have shrank significantly. Also, they improved in the Midwest. They got worse in Dallas, the Dallas area. But these delivery times and stuff being delivered on time or, quote, much sooner tells you that the pressure is off. The pressure is off of inflation. Now, it doesn't mean it's completely off. <laughs> but when delivery times are very long, people or people and corporations deliver, de- are desperate to get their deliveries. Prices go up. Because the people selling the stuff to them for the deliveries know that. And the people who are delivering it know that. So they charge more for delivering. So I think we that's this kind of supports my theory that I think we peaked in inflation. Okay? But something could happen out there which could make oil prices jump up again. That's possible. I mean, but I just don't think I don't I, I, logic tells me that and the numbers that I've been reading tell me that we're there. That the peak is in on inflation, it's going to come down and the Fed is too late again. They shouldn't be raising rates. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99Chart. The stock market is volatile, it's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Tyler from Ohio. I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on a stock. I'm looking at Carter's Children's and Baby Clothes Company. I know with the economy we're going into, you know, it's not the best type of stock to invest in right now with it being cyclical and all. But I just wanted to know the long-term outlook on it, you know, and what would be a good price to get in and hold for, you know, maybe five years or so. Thanks. I appreciate you guys helping. Um, you know, I'll keep listening to the show. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you realize that this is just not a time in the cycle, economic cycle, to buy these kinds of stocks. But, you know, you are correct in your assumption that you should be looking at them and developing a, a, a watch list of the ones you want if they're strong enough fundamentally. And this is Carter's Inc., symbol CRI. It is a $2.8 billion company, so it's a small company. Markets baby and young children's apparel in the United States under the Carter's and Oshkosh Begosh brands. They're going to make $8.80 this year. They made $7.87 last year. Next year, they're going to make $9.55. So the earnings are pretty strong. A 4.2% dividend, pretty strong. Return to equity, 36%, very strong. Cash flow is very strong. PE is 9. The stock is 70, and they're going to make $9.55 next year. Well, that means PE is below 8, right, based on next year's. Now, sales are shrank the most recent quarter by 1%. Before that, they were growing. So there's where your cyclical aspect is going to come in. Sales will probably soften 
This because the most recent quarter we have is March, so we don't have the June quarter yet, second quarter, and we're going into the summertime. And probably their best quarters will probably be in the winter quarters. It's going to be from the holidays, right? Right. So, is it a good buy at seventy dollars? Well, that's a pretty low price. It's fallen from a well over about from about one hundred and ten dollars down to seventy. And it looks like it's trying to find support in the high 60s, low 70s. I would give it a little bit more time. I would. I wouldn't be anxious yet. But it's a good one to put on your watch list. It's a good one to have in your portfolio. I think it's one you should buy. Okay, the Dow Jones' worst first half of the year in 62 years. Okay, that's what we've had. And the S&P's worst first half of the year in 52 years, okay? So, the big question is, whenever the stock market in the first half of a year have fallen more than 15%, what have they done in the second half of the year? What has the Dow Jones and the SP done in the second half of the year? Well, it's happened only six times. Okay, you want to hear the numbers? Okay, 1970, the market was up 26%. That second six months. 1962, the market was up 15.25. 1940, the market was up 60. 1939, the market was up 15. And 1932, great recession years, remember, up 55%. So, every time, the market's been up. Now, I don't think that's, that. the average is 23.66%. That's the average. But I don't think this is enough data points to prove anything. So even though I can quote these numbers and tell you that with absolutely a straight face, this is the market's always gone up after it's fallen, always, 100% of the time. See how you can be fooled with data? You can be fooled with stats? Just because six, six times is not nearly enough data points to say that that's going to happen. Not nearly. But. When you read articles and listen to people on TV, try to listen with a critical ear and try to read those articles with a critical eye because this is the kind of stats that get thrown out out there and you think, oh, okay, then I can invest in the market with all sorts of confidence that that's what's going to happen. No, untrue. Just be careful. I do think it's time to start thinking about buying things. I do. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Dustin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us, about the free podcasts. Get your downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Independent thing is shared success. This is Talk, everybody, and enjoy your 4th of July. Have a great weekend. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. 
Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.